Amen. Isn't it great to be together again this morning? Oh, my goodness. I'm so honored to uh, just stand here with each and every one of you and so looking forward all week uh, to be able to have this moment together and to have church with you guys. And, and for those of you that are on Facebook Live, it's just fantastic that you are experiencing it with us also. Last week, we uh, began a message series called Jesus Is. And uh, we looked at who Jesus was and that Jesus is our teacher. And there's something that I want to somewhat communicate with you uh, before we really get into the deep part of our message today and something that I would um, uh, ask that you would just kind of keep within your mind. And that is simply this phrase, is your house in order? Like, is your house, are you spiritually you as an individual, your home, is it in order? I want to go ahead and, and start this morning in the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we'll be reading from verses 1 through 2. And the Bible reads, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. One of the, the, the main goals within this message series is to make it plain and simple. And, and by doing that, trying uh, to go through scripture, to go through the Bible and looking at the different attributes of who Jesus is. Not who Jesus was, but who Jesus still is within all of our lives. Um, unfortunately, I, I think for many of us, we potentially have what would be considered as a distorted view about God. We may have ideas and perceptions that simply do not truly line up with who he is and with what the scriptures tell us. You know, we have traditions, uh, paintings, uh, movies that show him in a, in a light that simply just isn't lining up with scripture. And so... What I want us to do is understand that when we looked at the first week, we looked at Jesus as a teacher. I don't want you just to see him as someone who sat on a hillside and simply telling us about stories and telling us about the scriptures about God, but I also want you to understand that Jesus also led his life by the example, showing us how we need to be. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at Jesus and who Jesus is by simply being our shepherd. John chapter 10, verses 10 through 11, tells us this within the scriptures, that the thief comes to do something, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Speaking of the enemy himself, speaking of the devil, that is what his goal is toward us. But the Bible goes on to say, through Christ, what, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And he says, I am the good shepherd. This appears to be Jesus' favorite description of himself, letting him know who he is. He often refers to us as the body of Christ as a part of his flock. So therefore, he is our shepherd. Now, there are different ways to describe the, the relationship between Jesus and us, different things that we can look at. And one of them is this, 
when we categorize ourselves in this manner that we are what? We are family, right? The family of God, which means that we are not some type of institution, but we are referred to as a family that is based on relationships with Christ, but it's also based on relationships with each other. And we do know this very one truth, family always what? Stays together. Another attribute that we can look at is this, the fellowship. There must be unity amongst us and not strife. We must have that unified spirit, that, uni yeah, that unity together that will draw us stronger together with one another during difficult times. Like we're not gonna allow the uncertainties and the anxiousness and the worries that maybe many of you may be faced right now, maybe fear, maybe some doubt. We're not gonna allow that because we are a family and we are strong together through Jesus Christ. Another thing that we look at as an attribute about us is this. We know this, that we are the body. We are the body of Christ. And that simply means that each and every one of us, we have a function. God did not intend for you to observe this whole thing that we call church. We're not simply supposed to be window shopping when it comes to church, but we are to what? Be a part of it. We all have our job, our calling. God has a plan for all of this in this grand moment. And then another area that we have and an attribute that we are uh, looked as as a church is that we are part of Jesus's flock. Psalms chapter 100 verse 3 says this, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and we are the what? Sheep of his pasture. Now the closest English word to the word pasture is simply pastor. The way I want us to look at it today is simply this. Jesus is our pastor. Listen, we all go through seasons of life where we need a pastor. You know, I personally, even within my own uh, spiritual well-being and, and, and growing all the time uh, within the scriptures and, and, and within my relationship with Jesus Christ, even I have a pastor. There's a, a verse in the scriptures that describe us both about a pastor and a shepherd. First Peter chapter five, verses two through four, read this way. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those who are entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, meaning Jesus himself, our shepherd, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. My goal with you for the next few moments is I want you to know Jesus that way as our shepherd, knowing that you may have comfort and love and the care that Jesus brings with as being our shepherd. The most beautiful description that we can see within scripture about Jesus being our shepherd comes from the Psalm, the 23rd Psalm. We could all pretty much uh, probably say this scripture verbatim, but 
Read along with me. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. It says, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness sake for his, for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For, your, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over and surely what goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's several attributes that I want to take away from this passage of scripture and, and look at and in the description of who Jesus is to us and what a shepherd provides to you and I. The first one is this, the shepherd always provides, right? The, the, the scripture said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What is happening there and what is being stated there is that I will lack nothing, nothing of, of the will and the purpose and the plan that God has for my life. I will not lack in that. I mean, let's face it right now. We, it, the, the time that we're living in could be defined as extremely difficult. It could be described to be very tough. But I believe within my heart that the Lord allows us to walk through seasons and to walk through times of difficulty so that what it shapes our character, it builds us and it develops us into his plan, his will and his purpose for our lives. What I want you to understand above all things is simply this, God is always faithful. He has never let me down. I may have let myself down, but God has never let me down. Even in times of difficulty, God always is faithful to each and every one of us. We need to have the security and knowing that God is going to take care of all of our provision. You know, this week, um, well, actually, I guess uh, last two weeks, the kids have been out of school. And um, for us here in Virginia, it looks like they are definitely out of school for the rest of this academic year. But I've been sitting home with the boys doing, as I call, parenting, and uh, while my wife's been working. And so I've been there, and, and my kids are killing me. They're eating everything in the house. Like, thank you. Somebody agrees to that statement, right? Eating everything in the house. And uh, so I'm sitting there the other day and, I, and I'm watching TV and uh, both boys come into the kitchen and man, they raid the cabinets. They're raiding the refrigerators. They're taking everything they can get. I mean, they're taking it to the room. They're eating. I mean, eating us like, eating out like crazy. And so the other day, Carter comes out of the kitchen in one hand, He's got a snack. In the other hand, he had what used to be a snack, an empty box. And he looks at me with this look on his face and goes, Dad, this is, we're out of this. In other words, what he's saying is, Dad, you need to take care of this. You, you need to make sure that this is back in the house. I, I looked at that for a moment and, and I couldn't help but to think, I wonder like with God, you know, do we look at him and go, Lord, you know what? I'm, I'm lacking here. I, I need you to help me out here. I need you to, to take care of this need. I need you to jump in here and, and help. You know, Philippians chapter four, verse 19, there's a scripture that reads this. And my God, 
He'll, he's going to do something. What is he going to do? He will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So we understand this, that the first attribute that we can learn about the shepherd is that he provides for us. The second attribute that we can look about the shepherd is simply this. He restores. Anytime you walk through any difficulty, it takes something out of you. It really does. You go through a difficult season within your life, guess what's happened? It's like a part of you just, just kind of dwindles away. We need Jesus to be the one who's going to bring restoration back into our lives. The psalmist says this, that he makes me to lie down. Even when we've realized that, 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 that we don't need to lie down, that we don't need to take time because we have such a busyness, we have a, a busy schedule, all of that won't allow us to just take a breather. Funny how all of a sudden that has come to a stop, isn't it? Something funny in our home. Well, it might be funny to you guys, but it's very uh, agitating for us as parents. It comes down to bedtime. You know, we, we go to, to, to go to our boys and it's like, you know, it's time for bed. And we, I just holler out, all right, guys, it's bedtime. And man, they just, they, they go in different ways. They're trying to get themselves either on video games or their, their iPad or, or they're, you know, no, we don't want to go to bed and they're doing all of this. But me as a parent, I understand that they have to go get rest, that they need a moment to separate themselves from the busyness of their schedules so that why? When the next day comes, they're ready for it. Oftentimes, that's what Jesus is doing with us. He's separating us even when we don't want to, even when we're not maybe mentally and spiritually ready. He's going, no, now's the perfect timing. And we need to recognize that, that Jesus is our restorer. And the only way he can do that is those times of rest. You know, the scripture in John chapter 14 says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, but do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What does Jesus wanna be with to us? He wants to be our peace. Some of us right now, we need to understand his peace. And we must give in to that invitation. I'm going to go back to that statement I said earlier. You know, we need to get our house in order. We need to get ourselves where we need to be. The rest of the verse goes on to say to green pastures. You know, that is where the shepherds would leave, lead their sheep in order to feed them. What is a green pasture? Let me help you out. A green pasture to you and I would be God's word. This is a green pasture. This is something that we can feed on every single day of our lives. This is something that, that we can open up. We can allow God's word to speak to us in these moments of, of trouble, in the moments of joy, in the moments when we don't have it together and in the moments that we do have it together. Every single day, we must allow ourselves to go within these scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through God's word. When is the last time you allowed yourself to feed within the word of God? You know, the restore in the Hebrew means to return back to the point of departure. We all have moments where we depart off from where we need to be spiritually. But God is saying restoration. 
allows us to come back. And restoration is available to each and every one of us through Jesus Christ, through his word. We must get our house in order. The third thing that we can look at about a shepherd is simply this. A shepherd leads. The psalmist went on to say that he leads me in paths of righteousness. Or watch this. He leads me in the right path in life. As you live your life, there are a lot of choices. There are paths that we are directed to through scripture and through Christ, a path to go in the right directions. You see, God's path brings us something. It brings us a fulfillment. Submitting our plan to God's plan, our will to his will. How do we know what God's plan is for our lives? Let's take a look in John chapter 10, verses three through five. The word of God says, the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own people by name and leads them out. It goes on a little further to say, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. How do they know his voice? Because they recognize it. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So what are we to do? We are to listen to his voice. I heard a story about a pastor who uh, graduated seminary and before he went out to ministry, he decided to go to Israel for two years to, to become a shepherd. He wanted to know what that truly, how that was defined, what that really meant. One of the things that he, has, that he had have observed was that when uh, shepherds would take their sheep out to the green pastures to feed, oftentimes their flocks would intermingle. They would share the same fields. And he thought in his mind while he was watching that, well, this is going to be chaotic as they tried to separate them. But as he stood there and he observed, he noticed something, that when the shepherd would call for his flock to follow him, they, each one of them would separate themselves from the other flock because why? They recognized his voice. That's what God wants for all of us. To know him so well that we can what? Recognize his voice, that we will know that when he is calling and that when he is speaking to us, that we can separate ourselves away from the other noise that our life and our culture and really our world is throwing at us right now, that we can separate all of that and still focus on the voice of God. My question to you would be, have you spent enough time in his word? Have you spent enough time in prayer to where you are recognizing God's voice? The fourth thing that we can take a look at is this, the shepherd supports the next part of the psalm says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 through 17, he says, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. Have you ever felt that way? Think about that for a moment. Have you ever been in a season where you have felt deserted? He goes on to say something very profound. These are his words. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. I want you to know right now that when you feel the most alone, when you feel the most secluded, 
when you feel like you're in a desert all by yourself, when you feel like everyone has left you and everything has caved in on your life, I want you to understand this, that God has never left. Jesus, your shepherd, is still leading. He's still supporting you. He's still loving you. He's still restoring you. He's still caring for you. We know this, that the Bible says, he will never leave me, nor will he forsake me. The fifth thing, that we can understand about the shepherd is the shepherd defends. The Bible says that anytime we are attacked, watch this, the psalmist said his rod and his staff, they do something, they comfort me. The rod and staff was never intended to be used to strike the sheep, but rather it was used to defend against the enemy. The shepherd would get in between his flock and the enemy to protect it. John chapter 10, verse 11 says this, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Take a mental picture for a moment. Allow yourselves to visually capture that scene for your life. The, psalm, the psalmist goes on to say this, that while doing that, he's preparing a table before me in the presence of our enemies. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in an argument with somebody that you were so upset that you couldn't almost see straight, but the other person, thank you, that was not my wife, joke. But the other person seemed like it did, they didn't bother them one bit. And it just what, what does it do? It agitates you even more, right? I can't help but to think that during all of this, when the enemy is trying to attack you and I, God is going, you know what, I've got this. I'm gonna stand between you and him. And while I'm doing that, I'm preparing the table and I want you to sit there and I want you to feast on what I'm giving you through my word. I want you to celebrate the victories that are gonna come forward because of your obedience, because of me helping you, restoring you, supporting you. Prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemy. This is happening even to all of us right now as Christ followers. Uncertainties, worries, anxieties, anxiousness, Yet God is before us in the battle. And what is he doing? He's protecting each and every one of us. Nothing here, I want you to understand, took God by surprise. God isn't saying, I didn't see any of this coming. But all along, he's preparing all, he's, he has been preparing all of us. And he's still moving. He has never stopped. And the last point here that I really want to drive home to you is this. The shepherd blesses. God is providing his provision for our lives according to what his purpose and his plan and his will is for each and every one of us. The psalmist went on to say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. David in this moment was convinced that God's goodness will simply do something. It's gonna chase you down. Let's take a look in, in scripture in Hebrews chapter 13. The word tells us this, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. I want to, I want to, awesome. 
I want to go back. I want to go back to that question and say, is your house in order? Do you know this Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? The one who has paid a debt that you could never afford to pay. A love that is unconditional. That no matter how we act and what we say and what we do within life, he's never going to leave us nor forsake us according to his scriptures. That he is doing something what he is there providing for us. He's restoring us. He's leading us. He's defending us. And he's providing provision by blessing us. We have a responsibility. What is your response? Simply this, know the shepherd. Know him. Develop that relationship with him. John chapter 10, verse 14 tells us this. I know my sheep and they know my name. Does he know you? Are you a part of that flock? Have you accepted this Jesus Christ in your life as your Lord and Savior? This is the greatest, one of the greatest times for the church to be strong and to let people know that there is a hope, that we have a future, and that future resides in Jesus Christ. That we understand this, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that comes against us, what? Shall be condemned. Our hope relies in Jesus Christ. But if you don't know him, you don't know hope. If you don't know him, how can he defend you? How can he provide? How can he restore? It all comes down to a decision that you have to make. We as Christ followers, we have the assurance of knowing who Jesus Christ is. I'll never forget the moment that I, 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 I came before him February the 6th, 1997. And I said, Jesus, come into my life. Save me from, from my sin. I want to be part of your eternal kingdom. Those few simple words changed my eternity. You know, Paul tells us our mere existence here is simply a vapor compared to our eternity, our, our eternity, a vapor. What does that tell me? Hey, I got hope. My hope resides in Christ because I know this, this life will pass away and my eternal life will be in his kingdom. Because after all, I'm not a citizen of this land. I'm a citizen of God's eternal kingdom. And maybe, maybe you're here with us or maybe you're watching us streaming online and you don't know who this Jesus Christ is. I wanna give you that opportunity today. This is a moment for you to make a very important decision the greatest decision that you can ever make, and that is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Normally I'd say if that's you, raise your hand. We're gonna pray a prayer. So here's what I'm gonna do. Right where you're at, at home, in your living rooms, kitchen, bedrooms, here before us, I want you to bow your head, close your eyes, and I want us to all to pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, today I accept you in my life to be my Lord, to be my master, and to be my savior. Forgive me of my sins. And from this day forward, 
may I live for you. Lead me and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right where you're at. Amen. This is awesome. Now listen, listen. We just learned of some great attributes and great qualities of who Jesus is. And during difficult times, it's easy for us to forget and get caught up in everything around us. I would say that God's reeling us in today. I would say that God's reminding us of who he is, that he is wanting to lead and to restore. He's here supporting us and he's protecting us. And for all of us, I want you to grab a hold of that. This week, take these scriptures that we have. Feed on those green pastures. Allow yourself to grow spiritually within your life. When, when, when you're watching the news and everything else seems to be so negative, know this, here's your positive. Here's your truth. And that truth is that Jesus is still alive. He's still moving in people's lives. He is our only hope. He is our future and never let go of this. Let me pray with each one of you before we close. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for this gathering. I thank you, God, that we are allowed to do this. I thank you, Lord, for those who are listening to us online. God, bless each one according to your purpose, plan, and will for their lives. Lord, may they gravitate to who you are, and that is, Lord, you are our hope. You are our future. And God, that we are to, as the Bible tells us, to cast our cares upon you. And so God, we give you many things. There's a lot of things represented in people's lives that are watching right now. God, we give these things to you today and we say, Lord, take care of each one. But God, let us be reminded that you are our peace. You are our peace in these troubled times. You are our peace in these storms in life, God, right now. So Father, we love you. We thank you for all things. We thank you for moving in our lives. And Father, we glorify you. And so Father, as we leave this place and the psalmist says, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday at seven online. Have a great day, guys. Keep me on. Be sure to follow direction when you leave. Thank you.